Hi there, I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. We're real-life best friends, but we met playing fake-life best friends, Turk and JD, on the sitcom Scrubs. 20 years later, we've decided to re-watch the series one episode at a time and put our memories into a podcast you can listen to at home. We're going to get all our special guest friends like Sarah Chalk, John C. McGinley, Neil Flynn, Judy Reyes. Show creator Bill Lawrence, editors, writers, and even prop masters will tell us about what inspired the series and how we became a family. You can listen to the podcast Fake Doctors, Real Friends with Zach and Donald on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This holiday season, I want you to think of this question. Do you think it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? The truth is your reaction times can slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but this is the crucial part. You put everyone else around you in danger, and that is horrible. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. Please be safe this holiday season. Now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to 100 Words or Less, the podcast. Merry Christmas, happy holiday season, all that other nice stuff. I hope you're... Christmas was awesome. I hope it was relaxing. I hope you got to spend it with family and friends and it wasn't too stressful. You know, your uncle didn't start talking politics to you or anything like that. Because, you know, this this time of the year I know is always a, it's, a, it's a mixed bag. Some people are stoked on it. Some people are like, oh man, I just wish I could just fast forward through this because I got to do a bunch of things I don't want to do. But uh, yeah, hopefully it brought nothing but uh, niceness and relaxation. That's because that's what everybody wants this time of the year. This will be the last episode of 2018, and then actually next week I will be taking off because I will be uh, on vacation with my own family, so uh, don't expect an episode to drop on January 2nd, okay? Please, just uh, let me have a break, (laughs) and then we'll dive right back into it on the 9th, and oh man, I've got got some interviews that I am going to be releasing during the month of January that will uh, hopefully blow your minds, but I would be, well, Let's let's mention the guest, and then I'll, I'll I'll talk some more about some stuff. But uh, T.J. Bonnet, I think that's how you say his last name, or T.J. Bonnet, Bonnet, anyways. But he is in the band called Acidies Burn. He is the uh, lead vocalist, as it were, and uh, he's done a bunch of things in the band. But yeah, m- mostly the lead vocalist. Uh, I conducted this interview in the backstage room area of the new house of blues Anaheim. So if you hear a band playing in the background, that's exactly why, because we were actually, uh, recording this interview during Hawthorne Heights set on this, uh, silver scene tour that as cities burn was on in, uh, early January, I want to say, or not January, December. So, uh, yeah. And because of that, I kind of kept the, uh, the interview a little bit tighter than I normally do. Not a, not as, uh, I don't know, not like they're rambling per se, but, uh, you know, sometimes I just let conversations kind of go where they go. Uh, this one, I tried to keep it a little more tight out of respect for his time. And, uh, you know, if Hawthorne Heights ended up playing, they wanted to go back in their dressing room. So anyways, uh, but TJ was a great chat. I loved it. I really enjoy the band and what they do. And they've got some, uh, some, some cool music coming up. Uh, they put out a single, uh, equal vision records is, uh, going to be working with them. And, uh, yeah, they put out a single. It's really, really good. So you should check that out. Anyways, uh, I, I have to thank all of you for the amazing response that I had for last week's best of 2018 episode. It's always a really, really fun episode for me. And I know Joey and Jeremy as well. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really, really, really like 
how people interact with that episode. They just, uh, yeah, you guys, you guys love it. And I, I think that kind of boils it down to the core of why we like music is to be able to share it and talk about it and say what's good about it and say what's bad about it. And, uh, yeah, that, that episode is a distillation of that uh, community that we've uh, built around the show. And, uh, I just, man, I just feel very grateful and thankful and all those other things that you're supposed to be feeling this time of the year. So thank you. That's ultimately what I'm trying to say. I'll keep this short. So we'll dive right into the chat with TJ. And like I said, we are not publishing an episode next week. So don't get mad at me, emailing me, tweeting me because I'll, I'll be in Orlando hanging out with my fam. So that's what we got. And, uh, I hope you have a good new year's and, um, yeah, here's the chat and I'll talk to you. Uh, I'm not even gonna talk to you after the episode is over because, uh, we'll just, we'll just let this go out, fade to black. Okay. I'll talk to you in 2019. And you're, this is going to sound like really, uh, I don't want to call it vague, but right. like your band's really weird and we are. and it's, you guys have been weird. From I will like, attest to that. Right. Like the get go where it's just like, I remember, you know, obviously your first record, you know, son, I loved it. Your darkness. It was like, where, cause I was like 2004. Yeah. Uh, came out in 2005, June, July. Okay. Summer. And so I remember, I just remember the record because like at that time, like I, you know, whatever, I was definitely raised, you know, loving everything that came out on tooth and nail yeah. and solid state. Where I was just we. like, dude, yeah, the, I'm literally wearing a strong arm shirt underneath <laughs> this. There you go. So Early. I just, I remember you the record coming out and being kind of like, like, this is obviously different. And yeah. like, I was trying to like place it where it's just like, yeah, it's like two, you know, it's like not, and not for me personally, but it's like, I could easily see hardcore kids being like, Oh yeah, this is too, you know, light for me. Yeah, yeah. And then the kids that were like, I need more singing. Sure. dude. Like where, where is that? It, like I said, this is a sort of general thing, but like that's, it seems like that's where the band has always we, we been felt that right in the middle. We, we feel like a outcast, like all, which is, is good in a sense. Cause like <clears throat> a hardcore tour were like too soft, mm-hmm. like you said, and then, like, a rock tour were too heavy. Right. But we like the rock tours. Right. Just because, like, it's, like, an, a level of, like, a shock. Sure. Right. That you were, like, you, so you, like, you would say you would like being the heavier band on the bill. Correct. Yeah. Right. I think our best tour to date that we, like, remember was, like, Emory, Gym Class Heroes. Oh, yeah. Gatsby's American Dream. Yep. It was, that was a good mix. I think more bills need to be like that. Sure. Like diverse. Like, yeah. We saw gym class. We're like, oh, this band's going to blow up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> a couple months later, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We, we were right. But yeah, like, I mean, our band. So my brother, Cody, in the mm-hmm. band, <clears throat> main songwriter, they were in a ska band. Right. Started with. And I just followed them. Wasn't in the band. Then they went to pop punk. Then we all went to LSU to go to college. Okay. And then they were looking for a singer, and I was like, I'll try it. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah, but I'll yeah, try it. Yeah, let's go. I can, <laughs> I can maybe hit a note. Sure. And then, like, um, that was when Norma Jean was out, and Cody went to uh, Furnace Fest in Birmingham. Hell yeah. Played that show. Yeah, really? Played, the, I think, when it was at the Sloss Furnaces. Right. And I want to say it was uh, it was the year that Andrew WK played. Right. And we, we played in the second stage and the band that playing on the main stage was hate breed. So like wow. we had like probably 30 people watching us, <laughs> but anyways, but I just, the furnace fest yeah, was such no. an amazing show. I wish they should bring him back. So good. But Cody was in the like further scenes forever. Like the guitar work, Aaron, oh, yeah. 
loved drums, and then he saw Norma Jean play with Scoggin. Yep. And he's like, this is it. We need to figure out something to do. And that that's kind of how, like, the songwriting evolved into, like, let's do... I love further. I love the melody. I love the guitar work, but I want some sort of like darkness with it. Right. And so that's kind of where we've gone. Um, and then, yeah, the first record, I think we stumbled across that. It was mm-hmm. just like trying to figure out with my voice, like what would work. Right. Um, and I wasn't the best singer. So it's like, Oh, we figured out I could scream Let's do this every <laughs> once in a while. And it right, was like, right. TJ go in there and do that kind of stuff. Sure. So, but then, yeah, it was just like, very quick like we worked hard early on booked our own tours um tried to get in front of as many people as possible and sure met some good people along the way to get us to where we're at today so. right 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 did, did did the thing that bands that most right. bands should do in order to exactly. you know get them some sort of recognition um i want to focus also on like i mean were you born and raised in louisiana we were well i was cody and i were born in yep. texas okay we moved when I was five. Uh, my parents got a divorce. Um, my mom packed up. Me and Cody, I was five. He was three. Sure. My mom was pregnant with my younger brother. Okay. So she's like, we're time to get out. Like, my dad was really heavily into drugs. I'm just like, this is not a safe place for kids. Just wasn't working out. He's in and out of rehab. So oh, she's yeah. like, let's go back to Louisiana, where she's from. <clears throat> so we're more family, as I Exactly, presume. yeah. Right. So moved to Louisiana. I was five. I started kindergarten there. Um, and then pretty much was living in a place called Mandeville for since I was five until I graduated high school. Okay. So that's 13 years. Yeah, yeah. There. I mean, your main development right. was in Louisiana. Yep. And then we... That's kind of where the ska band started when Cody is a couple years younger. I joined the National Guard. Okay. Like the Air Force. Sure. So I was looking for a way to pay for college. Yeah, that's a good way to do that. I wasn't in the band at the time. So I joined the Air Force, went to uh, basic training, Mm -hmm. did that, um, and then went to LSU. Okay. And then Cody followed in their band. And then that's kind of where we. Right. Where the, yeah. Where the things Louisiana is such a uh, like that's such a weird state. It is. It's you know, it, it's like this weird mixture of like, you know, because a lot of people, you know, make fun of Florida because you right. know, for the many obvious reasons, Louisiana it like in my mind. And I don't mean this in a disparaging where it's like it, it's a much cooler Florida yeah. where it's like there. I mean, clearly you there's get away a, with a lot more things there. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And I like, you know, and especially because most people obviously just look at Louisiana as like, oh, yeah, like Bourbon Street. Like, that's like what most people know. All they know about it. Right. And like, oh, cool. Cemetery. LSU Tigers or the New Orleans Saints. Right. (laughs) Right. But I mean, I I have to imagine there's obviously so much more than that. Yeah. But what was your experience like growing up in Louisiana? Uh, to this day, like, I love going to Louisiana just because I think the people in general are just taught from the beginning just to, like, like people. Yeah. Which, like, today, I I live in Nashville now. The whole band does. And it's like, I'm just accustomed to opening doors for people. Okay. And we get, like, weird looks. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're like, am I supposed to do something for you? Like, right. what are you doing? So it's just like, I just think people in the South, maybe that's just what I'm accustomed to is, like, and it's just funny. You, be nice. It's people. funny that you say like the South because like most people, especially here in Southern California, be like, "Yeah, Nashville's the South too." Right. right. But, yeah. you're, but you're it's like, "No, no, the real yeah, South." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like people like to have a good time. It's like you go to a wedding down in New Orleans. Promise you're going to have a good time. Right. It's just like let's have a good time. Let's party. Let's hang out. Right. <clears throat> I mean, you can 
have an open container in your car. You can walk around with a beer on the street. Like, right. What else could you ask for? No, that's true. There's, yeah, there definitely is a, uh, is a lawless atmosphere that exists there where it's like, and it does, like you said, contribute to the people, the mentality of just like, we want to have a good time sure. here. And like, we want to celebrate yeah. music. We want to celebrate food. We want to celebrate our city in yeah. ways that, um, you know, most people like they feel a connection sure. to their hometown. Yeah. But it, it feels like Louisiana as a state has pride in the whole state. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause like, I mean, I don't know many bands that have come out of Louisiana, like, cause a lot of people will go to another place to try to get the platform. Totally. And like, we really had no interest in like going somewhere to start. We just kind of in a sense stumbled across Baton Rouge. Right. And we're like kind of, I wouldn't say we like were the trailblazers to make a scene, but yeah. we started out at Legion halls and like, of we just kind of grew and then we're like, Oh, well we can't keep playing here. Let's go visit some other, we started bringing other bands in. Right. And then we met them. Let's go out to their place and play. Right. And then it got to a point where just like, well, let's quit school and do this full time. Yeah. 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 So. Well, cause and most people, when you say like from a musical perspective too, it's like, they're very, I mean, you obviously have like, you know, uh, like I hate God and like the whole right. Southern metal scene, like, yeah. you know, a lot of that obviously exists there, but it's like, there definitely has never been an all ages, like hardcore no. punk scene. It, like there's been spurts, sure. but never to the point where You're it's right. like, Oh yeah. Like, of, co- of course true. you play Baton Rouge. Most people are like, no way, man. <laughs> you gotta red, like, skip red over. Stick. right. It's funny. Cause, um, our, we all live in Nashville now and, um, we had a guy, a friend of ours, like, uh, do a shirt design and mm-hmm. it was like pretty rad, just like pretty basic, but it had Nashville, Tennessee on it. Okay. We're like, Oh, that's cool. We all live there. Right. We got so much crap oh. in Louisiana. Really? Like, the People other day, were like, like we're playing new Orleans yeah. and we weren't thinking about like, yeah, that you're that like, that's just where we are yeah. now. Right. <laughs> so some, uh, guy comes up to me. He's like, I love your band. I love you. But he's like, but F that. And he points cause I'm wearing one of the shirts. Right. And he's like, points at Nashville. He's like, but F that. <laughs> and You're like, like oh, okay. we were thinking about taping Nashville up on, yeah. cause it's on Aaron's drums. Sure. Yeah. You're like, well, but okay. It's, I get it. But yeah, it would almost be like, we're like posers now saying we're Right. Like, You're like, we don't live like, yeah, there anymore. We that have was... two members that are in the band that are actually, yeah, have lived in Louisiana. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, so. that's, yeah, you're right. You're like, do we, our connection there is, is, is very tenuous exactly. at, at this right. point. In a world where everyone is confined to their homes, society begins its largest bin watch to date. In the hallowed library of Hulu, or perhaps on a shelf of DVDs you haven't looked at in a decade, is a show that perfectly encapsulates life in the early aughts and launched a friendship that would inspire millions. Hi, I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. In 2001, we starred in Scrubs, a sitcom that revealed a glimpse of what it was like to survive a medical internship. As Turk and JD, we explored guy love. Nearly 20 years later, a lot has changed. We're not supermen, but we're still best friends. Eh. Given the mandatory lockdown, there's no better time to relive the series that brought us together in the first place. And we're doing it with a podcast. That's right, people. We're going to bring friends and crew members and fellow cast members and writers. And and guess what? We're going to even invite some of you to call into the podcast and ask all the questions you want of the entire Sacred Heart staff. Join us for Fake Doctors, Real Friends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and so in your, you know, like as you were growing up and I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty chaotic upbringing as far as the, you know, I mean, once your mom was able to obviously escape with you guys yeah. and not have like, was your, uh, at that point, like, did you ever see your father again? Like, was it, it was it kind of uh, hit or we, miss? Um, yeah. So it was like my dad, <clears throat> I mean, drugs are a crazy thing. They take over your life they and do. it's, it's, uh, Houston to Louisiana is probably five hours. Mm-hmm. And so it started out early on whenever we moved there. I remember he would come maybe once a month. Okay. And um, my mom would, like, pack us up. We'd get our little suitcases. And he would come get us a hotel, and we'd hang out there. But um, that slowly faded away. Right. It was like, I remember one time I was like, a Saturday is supposed to pick us up and like he didn't come and my mom just kind of like making an excuse like right. uh, something and then it just like slowly fizzled to nothing right and, and so like, like yeah like, you probably think about it and you're like hey mom like why haven't we seen yeah, that in two months exactly. or whatever right and we right. thought he lived at the Holiday Inn Express oh, like we would go to church sure. pass it and we we're like oh that's where our dad lives that's where our dad lives yeah 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 and it was like it was a really cool place it had a, a pool that you could like swim underneath oh, inside yeah. outside and we're like our dad's awesome. Right, dude. You're like, he figured yeah. this out. Man. Like, why can't we go there? Like every time to church, like, let's stop and see dad. And she's like, nah, he's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we kind of reestablished a relationship whenever we started touring. Uh-huh. So he's living in Houston. And so we just kind of went out of our way and we're like, we're playing. Let's meet up. My Come grandmother on out. lived sure. there. Like we would stay at his house. And then he got real sick. Um, and so he passed away. I don't remember. It was like 2000. 12. Okay. And so like, that was kind of like the last thing we just kind of yeah. you know, made, you know, did you feel like you, did you feel like you had, had not completely there repaired was the relationship? Like, yeah, yeah. It was just like the cool thing about it is like, we know what it is to be like a dad now. Like I have a seven year old daughter. So I'm like, that will never happen. Yep. So like, that's like my main thing that I was just like, no kid should ever go through this. Mm-hmm. So this Cody doesn't have kids now, but when he does, it's like, yeah, he's going to have that. Exactly. Influence. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. And so you're, uh, I presume because of the, uh, you know, the fact that your mom was your, you know, rock. Dude, she was great. Okay. Three single mom, three kids. Like it's a lot. Her way of like recharging was jumping on a trampoline. Cause she like, didn't want to go to work mm-hmm. um, as far as like a job. So she's like, how can I stay home with my kids? And so she like had a daycare in the house, like for the whole time we were like, oh. so we were always around kids, which I think that's why we really connected to like kids. Sure. So her thing was like, after the kids left, she just went on the trampoline and jumped, like did flips, like just recharge. And she just wanted to, Soak in the bathtub and dye her gray hairs. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. It. Leave mom alone. That's so awesome. you basically. So basically, she was just doing a daycare the yeah. entire time. Yeah. And then, like, she obviously, like, once you guys there, went to like, school, you guys came yeah. home and you're and like, "Oh, there. here's the like, daycare. Let's get yeah. snack. Right. Let's do it." And it's like she was, she was smart. She knew that she didn't want to drop us off at school, go work, come home late, and like she was just like, "I need to be home." For yeah, them. yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that she, you know, had that sort of foresight yeah. to be like, "This is what I want to do." Um, and I presume, like you were mentioned, going to church and obviously, you know, the, the faith in the South sure. is a much different it's strain, strong. right? 
<laughs> that's why they call it the Bible Belt. Exactly. So uh, you were raised Christian, I we presume. Were, yeah. And the like when and this this may be a you know too large of a question to sure. pry into exactly, but like when did you feel like you kind of chose your faith for yourself per se, hmm, or is that something you still? No, no. I mean, damn man, that's a struggle. It is to this day, thirty-seven sure. years old, trying to, and that's kind of what our band is about. Like right. Just like struggling with that. What do you believe? Totally. Um, our mom did a good job. Like of, we have this thing of like, um, if you do something wrong, you kind of feel like, you know, when it's wrong mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily like a faith thing. It's just like we had to go before we could leave to go to school. Like before we catch a bus in front of our house, okay. she made us read Proverbs, whatever it's, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. So if it's February the 4th, we're reading Proverbs 4. Okay. Before we left, every day, go. Got it. She called it the nugget. The nugget of the... Let me get... You got to get your nugget. (laughs) So there's always been this level of, like, trying to make sure mom is okay. Mm -hmm. And so what she taught us, like, she told us, like, drugs. Like, she's like, if I ever find out you're, like, doing drugs, I will, like, cry on my pillow till it's soaking wet. So none of us have ever done like, right? you know, like we've all dabbled in our sure. smoking weed. And I think that's right. a little bit different in today's world. But like being addicted to drugs and like sure. destroying a family is something different. So we just always try to like prove that we're a bigger man than our father was. Sure. You like, had you had that. You sure. had especially you had this. This this influence yes. that you know like in you didn't many, want to let her down right she was already let down so it's sure just like, yeah you didn't want to follow in his exactly. footsteps from that perspective sure. where it's like here's another you yeah know, you not only did you could you not rely on your husband you're not gonna be able to rely mm. on your sons right yeah that's a huge weight on you yeah <laughs> it is man thinking about that now right she's right. awesome now she's she's chilled out a little bit and she's she's a great woman sure Love sure. And so when did you feel, uh, not to press you, but like, yeah, when did you feel like you actually um, kind of like, all right, like this, you know, I've been raised this way, but like, when do I feel like this actually is something that I identify? So I lived, I lived that life and Cody was all, he was a middle child, Cody, my younger brother or middle brother. I was kind of like the one that was seeing how far I can get with getting pulled back. Well, you were the first on the scene, right? right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I believe that and I'd lived life and I would go far and then I would try to come back and like do it. Sure. Um, I got divorced probably when was that three years ago? And okay. that was the time that I really started thinking about really what that whole thing meant. Right. Like How long were you married for? Like eight years. It's a while. So that's why I quit the band. Right. I know. Cause you, yeah, you quit the band because you're like, right. yo, like here's real life. This like, I like to hang out with my wife yeah. and this it is what was, I'm doing. Right? Um, short story I, the band started in 2002 yep um toured a bunch recorded the record 2005 it came out we toured non-stop for like a whole year totally met my ex-wife on the road she lived in mississippi okay which is next state next over story, from louisiana right? <clears throat> but um then i was just like her dad was a preacher preacher's daughter yeah yeah and so i had to talk with hey I'd love to marry your daughter. Yep. What do you think about this? And he kind of said, well, I don't know about your lifestyle. Like if it's going to, yeah, you're going to tour. Yeah. You're going to make any sense. Scream music. Yeah. Like what is that all about? And then I started thinking, well, 
I don't really think this band is going to be like a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. How do I support a family? So I got in my head and we I'm already two years into school. Like I've got student loans. I'm paying back on the road. Right. I'm halfway to a degree. Like, yeah, I should go back to school, get married and just live a normal life. And to put, to put a pin in this, because I think it's so, it's so interesting because I really do yeah. think like that, that, that train of thought, you know, everyone faces that at some point in their life where it's like, Oh, I got to, you know, grow up, do adult things or whatever. But especially within the context of like, whatever you, you can call it broadly, like the Christian music scene. I see that happen. You see that every happens. band broke up beloved. Right. I don't know if it was for getting married, but it was just right. like, but you see it, but the, the, it seems to weigh much more in the, you know, the Christian music scene than it does just like, you know, your sure. average, like most of your other bands are just like, whatever dude, like I'll get married when I'm like 40. It's cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's like a family thing, the way that you're like, yeah, you have a, I mean in the South, it's like you go to high school, you go to college, you get married. Here's That's the path. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that was like ingrained in us. Yeah. I yeah. It, I, I just find it interesting because it's like the way, the way you describe it, it's it, like, obviously it's practical. Sure. It makes sense, but it's like, we get drawn to weird, this weird subculture sure. for a reason. Right. And then like, we're like, well, yeah, it's not because it's practical or like, yeah. Oh yes. Like this band's going to be the rolling stones right. and I'll be able to retire off this. But like, no, I got to pursue this while I can. And like just that, that push and pull, but you were like, sure. I need to focus right. on this. But the thing that I didn't realize and my ex-wife didn't realize is without that creative side, I'm not the same person. So with that taken from me, right. I'm not happy in Mississippi, mm-hmm. which ends up being, she's not happy with me in Mississippi. Right. Because and you're a different person. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to work at Sam's club. I'm playing in front of 2000 people one night the next week I'm working at Sam's club. Right. And did you feel like, did you, I mean, you use that as an example, but like, obviously you felt that from a, your creative outlet was pulled out from you. Not so much from it, like that. It took, it took many years to realize that that was make, that was why I was unhappy mm-hmm. just because it was gone. Right. You think that someone that in nothing, no disrespect, disrespect to my ex-wife, like, if there was a level of support, like, Hey, do you really want to do this? Like sure. we can figure it out to like, you keep doing this and like, right. We can have a conversation. Sure. Right. But I don't think I ever got that. And so I felt that it was like, I wasn't respected as like, Oh, I gave up a lot of things mm-hmm. to, to go to this marriage and kind of do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a tough realization because but, like, I mean, ultimately you're, when you get in a partnership with a person, like uh, everybody makes concessions and everybody is like, okay, like I'm not going to do this. I need to be responsible. Right. But like, but there's a difference between like, you can't do that thing at all. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, don't write music. Uh, It was like (laughs) night and day. Yeah. Like literally I had a job working 40 hours a week, a week later after tour. Yeah. yeah. Signing up for classes to go to college. Sure. I'm sitting in there like going, what the heck? Where's the green room? What I sign up for? (laughs) Right. Right. Um, to get, to back up a little bit, the, so like how, you know, considering like we were talking about earlier, you know, Louisiana isn't exactly like, I mean, it's a musical city and it's a hotbed of a lot of different pieces of culture, but it's never been one that's been like, you know, steeped in, you know, punk and hardcore and that sort of stuff. So how did you, how did that kind of come to you in the first place? I mean, obviously, like you said, the ska band, like, was that kind of, we, we just followed, like everybody had a band that they liked, like MXPX was like a 
we just saw that band. We saw Tooth and Nail. We're just like, oh, they're putting out music that we like. Got it. I mean, the ska band thought or started with liking the OC Supertones. Like, of course, you just oh, you, look outside. Uh, see, you're you're a true fan because right. you call them the OC Supertones, oh, yeah, as or opposed to the Supertones. Oh yeah. I have to tell you a funny story of that. Right. Completely. I was on tour with a friend's band. I was tour managing them, and we pulled in a gas station. It's like two in the morning. You know, like bus pulls in dudes you know come out so of course everybody's like sussing each other up being like okay obviously they're a band and so i'm in the back of the gas station like getting a drink and my friend is like oh you know what what, what band are you in and like you know the guy was like or my friend was like oh we're in this band alexis on fire and the guy's like oh you know what like what band are you in and he's like uh, all the supertones and like i being from orange county i was like oh you mean the oc supertones <laughs> dude just has a just like god don't call us yeah. the oc supertones dude that's crazy we're not called that anymore bro i just yeah. thought it was so funny yeah, but anyways good. you're you're a true fan yeah I mean, it was just like, we didn't really associate where people were from. Right. We just knew that bands came from different places. I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. I guess we didn't have anything to look up to in Louisiana, so we had to go outside of right, right. where it was. But like, how did Tooth, but how did, I guess, how did like, you know, MXPX and Tooth and Nail get kind of like introduced to you guys? Was it? Mm, that- I, Cody, like, with the ska band, would just like. Um, we had a friend that was a promoter. He, he booked OC oh, okay. Super Tunes one day and like needed a local band, so they played. So it's got kinda, it, got it. Yeah, and yeah. there's like somebody we're gonna make a compilation or something, and just like sure, it just kind of started to slowly yeah. filter in. It's like I mean, this is before the internet, so you're just like yeah, yeah, you're who knows? figuring like, it out on yeah. your own. <laughs> you check see a band name band. and you're like, oh, like I gotta check flyer, that. <laughs> a flyer comes across, <laughs> right? You're like, that looks kind of cool, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, in, at going to school at LSU, I would go to the library. That's the only place that I really like. I would get on mp3.com or Hell Pure yeah. Volume. Pure Volume, yeah, yeah. Of course, was, all like, those. Taking Back Sundays, like, getting big. Then Thursday, yep. and we're watching MTV2. Yeah. And we're seeing these bands, and then Blindside comes up. Oh, that yeah. That video with them walking up on. Yep. And so we're like, wow. You're like, this is all great. Saves the day. We're like, whoa, there's so many bands. Like, what do we want to do? <laughs> yeah, you're like, like, this is all, it's yeah. all coming. And then Norma Jean, we see them, they're just like throwing down like yeah. guitar. Kicking over amps and, and everything. like, yeah. We got to do something. <laughs> you're like, this is it. Yeah. Uh, what were you studying as you were going to school? Um, marketing. So oh, okay. I have a marketing degree. So I ended up going back to school in Mississippi, have that. And now I do mortgage loans right. while I'm on the road. There you go. Yeah. So you, do you you own your own you own your own mortgage company? No, or you I, work for, I work for No Plug here, Low okay. Depot. Sure, I'm familiar. Two, uh, <laughs> non-bank lender. Yes, there. there you go. But no, so in Nashville, it's just yeah, that's what I do. That's cool. So they basically they have no problem with you being on the road uh, and you getting your work it's done. Like a, it's a it's a commission paying job. So if you yeah you do the work working, you get paid. If you're not working, they're like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. They're so like, it's all I don't know if the, this is the right place for right, you. Right. Right. At the end of the month, if you've you know, sold yeah. some mortgages. Yeah, but it's cool in Nashville. There's so many people in and out with music. That yeah, it's such a music town that right. people have to understand that that concept. It's fun. Like I'm in the van, laptop. Yeah, yeah. Dude, on the phone. And the fact you have the ability Conference to do call. that. Everybody else has to be quiet. Hey, <laughs> hey guys, I got to yeah, close got this loan real quick. Minutes. Everybody be quiet. <laughs> um. Hi, I'm Bob Roth, CEO of the David Lynch Foundation and a transcendental meditation teacher for over 50 years. I've taught many thousands of people to meditate from celebrity clients to students in inner city schools. Now I'm bringing some of what I've learned straight to your ears with my new podcast, Stay Calm. A lot of people are skeptical about meditation, 
I was too when I first started practicing, but meditation and other science-backed techniques for calming yourself can change your mind, your body, and your life for good. We'll cover topics like sleep, the science of gratitude, and ways to boost your immune system to help you be healthier and find peace during these troubled times. So whether you want to master meditation for life or just want to find a few moments of calm in your day, then I invite you to tune in and together let's learn how to stay calm and be happy. Listen and subscribe to Stay Calm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And so, like, you know, kind of reflecting on as you started to tour and get out there, because obviously touring is such a weird thing. Right. Like, did you immediately like it? Did you kind of grow to like it and then grow to dislike it? How was your relationship? From the beginning? Yeah. Our band was very, um, we heard from some other bands coming to Baton Rouge, was not a big scene, and we we're just asking for advice. So as LA Dying comes in, hey, today, they're just like coming through. We're like just picking up on any tidbit on what it could do to get like what's the ethic of, of being a band like your size. Oh, sure. And so we learned very early um, the things about touring. Get your drums off stage quick. Don't roll your co- your cord up like on stage. Get right. off. Do your thing. So we just watch other bands. And so <clears throat> um, we just kind of like wanted to get out there. So we toured. Aaron uh, and I booked our tours by ourselves. He had the East Coast, had the West Coast. There was like well, a I was about to say, why did you why did you divide it like that? No reason. It was just like yeah. you take as much because we're just like emailing people nonstop. Yeah, of course, like, right. There was a, a, a website called DIY.com or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just talked about you just like look for a house show here. And so you book this one, I'll book this tour. Got it. And we do it. So it'd be over a thirty day period, but we'd have twelve shows. Of course. Days off. Yeah. We look for a random show we play. Right. You jump on wherever yeah, you yeah. could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we just kind of learned that we're just going to go. So we just like hit it pretty hard early on. And then once the, we got noticed and signed and recorded, um, I think it was like, we got tired of touring the wrong tours. Okay. We got on like a evergreen terrace tour and it was just like, people were making fun of us. Sure. Because you you were too light. We didn't have enough breakdowns for them to pick up change or whatever they're doing back then. Yep. And so it was just kind of like it wore on us and we just, we were so, we didn't have enough time to like recharge, mm-hmm. go home and we're not making money. The only way you can make money is to stay on the road. Of course. So we didn't have enough time to stay home and make money. So it was like, we just wore ourselves out. Right. You burnt the candle both yeah, ends. But like so you, you specifically, like did you, you felt that as well? Or I, you that were- was one of the contributing factors whenever I'm having this conversation with my ex-wife's dad like i don't like your necessary lifestyle and so i'm like kind of questioning right what the heck am i doing sure i mean just i mean like i'm having fun i can go to school two more years get a job and like live life have some kids do the thing sure but i didn't realize at the time what i was giving up and like i'm a way cooler person when this is involved in my life and i don't need it all of it but like that's it's kind of different now it's like there is a balance. You can not tour 200 days mm-hmm. and still be fine, have the creative outlet and do it. Like, so our band's kind of like, we have a random number, like 
100 days a year. That's what we're going to do. Okay. So it's like a spring tour, fall tour, and we'll mix some stuff in the sure. summer. Play shows where it makes sense. Right. Right. And so it's just kind of keep morale in the band out. Sure. Play the right tours. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, as you were kind of navigating, like booking those shows and like, you know, getting signed and stuff like that, did you like the business of the band? Like, did you like kind of, I was always out of the picture on the business. So Colin, okay. our original guitar player and Aaron, our mm-hmm. current drummer, always business side. Um, and you just, you, you had no, I was no interest in that. Not early on. Sure. Until I went to college and kind of started to see oh i think i can contribute right to like maybe like helping our band grow monetarily but also strategically sure kind of thing um so i was just like i just wanted the van clean and like the trailer not to be dirty everybody's like, got to have their yeah. angle yeah yeah so, totally you're like okay the, you always have each band member has to contribute yeah. where it's like i've always been like um like not the middle person like i'm i'm the buffer in the band like if there's tension yeah. dj comes in and is like hey let's chit it let's yeah hey guys come out. on yeah. yeah yeah so i mean you know tour is like it's a challenge it is you totally. think going on a vacation for 30 days with your five best friends is yeah seems it's, fun but it's not a, it's not a vacation yeah, sit in the van for eight hours and like <laughs> well it's funny like i mean obviously you know this like once you get to be an adult and like you can actually like take a vacation sure. and you're like you know, if you go to a city that you've been to like seven times before, yeah. you're like, oh, the, wow, this is what this city is like. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, it's not just like the three blocks right, around right. the terrible yeah, venue you're playing. That is like what we do now. Right. Like we make it like because I forgot like back in the day, like I've been here before. Yeah. Took it for granted. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laying in the van. I'm like, no, I'm not napping anymore. Like, right. I'm going to see, see all this stuff. Around. Like, right. We do food now. It's like Aaron's a big foodie. Like. We trust him. Like, pick the food spot. Let's go do it. Right. Let's enjoy it now. Let's hit. The, let's hit. Let's hit the good coffee places. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> um, I mean, when you're older, you get. It's a little different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You under you you know what you like more so now than just being yeah. like oh, I'm just I'm, I'm just gonna hang out exactly. here. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, and I mean another confusing thing about the band obviously is because there's been like you know, 150 starts and stops where yeah. it's like, Oh yeah, we're banned. Or just kidding. We're not really. Right, right. Um, and I, in many respects, I'm sure you look at certain junctures of, of when the band stopped and been like, Oh, I wonder what it would have been like if we kept going. Sure. Um, and not like not saying kept going where it's like, Oh, what it could have been. We could have been a much larger band sure. or like, Oh, we could have like literally right. killed each other, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, like how do so how do you reflect on those yeah. those little uh, pockets of I, like, today looking back like of course there was decisions that were made I left the band but the band today would not be what it was if we would have continued right we needed that space like I needed to go do my thing um, it always felt like there was unfinished business whenever I left mm-hmm. and like um, I really felt at some point that I was holding the band back with our style of music. Mm-hmm. So like I was like, whenever I quit, I heard some demos of, uh, as cities burn after I left kind of like the rock records. And I was like, Oh, this is great. They're going to be on tour with Jimmy world. They're going to be huge. And <laughs> right. I was like a huge fan, which was cool for somebody that was in the band to be a fan. Right. And so, um, it was cool to watch them kind of do their thing. 
Um, but yeah, it was just like, um, it's hard to explain. Um, it was kind of meant to be that this way because I, I moved to Nashville two years ago after I got divorced. I just needed to get out of right. Mississippi with not the intention of getting the band back together. Or anything. Yeah, you're just like I just need where to where we live. I just need right. my headspace cleared. Um, and we're just hanging out at the bar, and Aaron's like, "We should write another record." And so that was kind of like the start of it. The impetus here, sure. Yeah. So like, um. The band has gone through many levels of ups and downs and not really knowing what to do. And Cody and Aaron, Cody's creative. Yep. Not business. Aaron is business right. and creative. And they were the core members. Yeah, they and kept so it. So they just of... didn't have the buffer. Sure. Which was me. Which was you. It. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where. So you could, band, you, you like, felt like you could obviously get in there. They, and be able they to both, both can come to me like today in today's world. If Cody has an issue with something, yeah, he comes to me. Baron has an issue, and then I go back to the other person and <laughs> we're you know, yeah, hash it out, right, right. It. And so yeah, like it wouldn't have worked. To the nail would have. They were ready to dump money into us for mm-hmm. the second record if I was on it. We're doing the whole thing. They're like going to say, "Oh, you could be the new under oath kind of thing." Of course, just timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we had the songs that would have done it. That, yeah, that would have pushed it to it. Yeah, the songs today that we've written for the record coming out. Yeah, you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> the. Uh, you know, it, it, admittedly, it's one of those things where the, uh, you know, the fact that the band can't exist in this this world now where it's like, yeah, you don't have to kill yourselves right. to be out there. And you're able to, uh, you know, balance your life in a way that is more manageable. Sure. And I'm sure you identify with this where, you know, I, I, I personally think that that is healthier because a band can actually exist in the world mm-hmm. and actually have input from sure. things that will actually give you the creative energy right. to be able to be like, oh yeah, like because you know every you've seen this for every band where it's like their second or third record is the song is is not only the song but sometimes an entire record about the road. Oh yeah, <laughs> about like yeah, this is we, what it's like. We hear it right, and and it's not like that's a bad thing because everyone sure. oh it's like it's fine, but like when you're stuck in that rut of just being like oh dude you know we're playing two hundred fifty shows a year and like this is like this is all that we're doing right where's the influence coming from exactly. so do you I presume you feel well like, I mean we've had a long break to yeah like kind of figure out what I mean our our influence of like um, what we're trying to say is has been very similar across the board with like lyrically and stuff like that but we just had a um, enough time in between right. to figure out what our songs what we want to do we can actually think about it the first record we were just like Whatever. I don't think we really knew what we were trying to do it just sure. happened right. then the second record third record they wrote those songs um, you know kind of strategically but now this one was like no pressure Yeah. so we're just like let's write what we want to write sure and so well I think a lot of it the reason why the reason why people frankly still remember your band is because of the fact that like you, you are this weird thing. You are this thing that doesn't like, you know, whatever people can be super into the first record and then obviously hate the last two or vice versa. They're like that first record is terrible, but the lot like, and so I think the people, the people that still remember you 
are, are, are intimately connected yeah, yeah. to one of With those. Right. Right. And yeah. will follow you guys no matter what sure. artistic output you put right. out there. Like I presume you identify. Yeah, with that. yeah, we do. I mean, there's, there's the, the people that are going to like the first record, just like the creative process. Right. So they will connect with the fourth record. Sure. You know, but yeah, there's a, there's, there's a disconnect from the people that are only like the first record second. But once you know the story, I think that's where you can actually connect with what happened with mm-hmm. our band. I mean, we don't have the channels to, display what we've done and like you know some people don't even know who i am right the band. they're like who's this guy up there like <laughs> yeah they're know? like where did where did he come from right oh, well i was there at the beginning exactly but I, I kind so, of missed a few years there sure. <laughs> and so you're uh like you mentioned you have a seven-year-old daughter yeah. um is it is it one of those things where i mean obviously having a child you know irrevocably changes your life and yeah. like you know opens you up to so many new experiences and blah 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 um but the you know it, being from the subculture that you have been in, and obviously raising a daughter through that lens of being like, oh yeah, like you know, I took a very unconventional path to where I'm mm-hmm. at now. You know, how does kind of how does that influence like your your path as a father? Mm. Well, that's a great question. Um, she's seven, so I think she's still kind of young. Yeah, to know because this is all new to her. Totally. You know, I've I haven't been on the road. This is the 12 years before I've done a U.S. tour. Right. So she wasn't even thought of before that happened. Right. She knows I play in a band. She'll come to whatever shows. But um, I just want her to be able to, like, uh, you know, express herself. Like, I mean, I'm just... Just... uh, Sorry, that got me No, it's fine. (laughs) Um... It's difficult because I'm I'm not as in front of her as much as possible. Like mm-hmm. she's six hours away, so I go when I'm in town every other weekend in Nashville to Hattiesburg, right, and hang out with her. Um, I just want her to like do like be creative, mm-hmm. like just whatever that whatever yeah, however that can manifest itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so Which I don't know what that means. She said she wants to be a her when I ask her what she wants to do, she's like, I want to be a baby doctor or a teacher. Right. And so what I think is like, oh, you want to make a two hundred grand a year or thirty grand a year? Like yeah, that's sure. a big decision. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> Can I choose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're like you're like from a practical perspective, yeah, yeah, this exactly. is what I'm thinking. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, she's she likes music. She thinks we're too loud. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah dude, like, there's no way. She doesn't get it. No. Yeah. I mean, if she did that, yeah. if she did that, it'd be kind of weird. Like, every time I play any music with Scream, she's like, Dad, is this you? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, no, yeah. that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that person's far better than yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so then, you know, as you started to kind of, you know, reacclimate, you know, being in a band again yeah. and being like, creative from that perspective um you know did did it feel like did it feel the same as when you first started to you know craft songs back then or did it was it this whole new level of just like oh wow like this is what it feels like to be an adult and playing Mm -hmm. a band as opposed to like a child that's a good question so like being in nashville with all of the members there like we took our time with songwriting i have more input on like Cody and I have worked really hard on like the actual songs and we'll 
we're more strategic with where it's going. Like we're a lot more picky with what we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's just, it's been good. I, I, I think there's more cause before the first record, Cody basically just brought us riffs. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, like let's toss them together. Brought us lyrics and like, we're boom. Right. And go, I don't know the songwriting on the second two just cause I wasn't there. But the yep. third one, like we're actually a team, which is really cool because we all get our input and we're just like trying to make the song as good as it can be. Right. So we're excited. Yeah, that's fun. And the, the notion of playing in a band with your brother, mm-hmm. like most people look at Love that and, and most people look at that and yeah. they'll be like, that's hard. But it I mean, hard. but clearly, I mean, like you said, you're the buffer where it's like you, you see, yeah. you see his strengths, you know, your strengths yeah. and you're able to kind of balance sure. each other off. That is true. Yeah. Cody's, Cody's a unique person, love him to death. He's he's the type of guy that if we record a demo, nobody hears it. If uh, I need to get this song perfect before anybody hears it, record label, friends, anybody, like don't let that out. Right. Whereas me, I'm like trying to share it to people. Like, what do you think <laughs> about this? What could we do better? Right. But um, it's great. I love I love being in a band with my brother. Like we connect. Like we're we're brothers, but we're like you know, like real good friends. Yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of, it's unique to be on the road, like with your brother. It is, but we're, we're so we're similar in a lot of ways, but we're different where it meshes well. Like I, I know him enough to know when he needs a space and do his thing. And we're just, right. we know Let's when somebody's down, we know when, like, what can I do to help kind of thing. And yeah. 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 And it's, stri- it strikes me. I mean, like he, uh, granted, I, I don't know Cody at all beyond just the art and the stuff that he's created. He's much more of an introverted person than Definitely. you are an extroverted yep. person. Yep. Sure. I'm out there. I'm a, I like more people around. Sure. I need my time to recharge, but I'm the guy that's right. You have, you have a marketing, you have a marketing degree. Right. <laughs> that's you, if you, if you have a marketing degree, you right, gotta be that yeah, person. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta be the guy that like talks yeah, and, and plus stuff. They make me get out and be the, the front guy and like do all the talking in between songs. <laughs> and I've got a mic stand to hide behind. Right. That's all I got. Yeah. And then you're able to figure it out like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I really appreciate you doing this, dude. dude. This was fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And before I leave you, you please need to be safe this holiday season. Do not get behind the wheel if you are stoned. You're like, well, what can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? Not a big deal. No. The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Please stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. Please be safe this holiday season.
Hi, I'm Esther Dean. I've made my life by writing songs like Fireworks by Katy Perry, Super Bass by Nicki Minaj, What's My Name by Rihanna, just to name a few. And now I'm having an absolute blast sharing some of the knowledge that I've learned with upcoming songwriters on Songland on NBC. I'm excited to welcome you to a brand new season of Songland and Songland's podcast, giving you new insight into the magical art of songwriting as told by some of the best in the business and also the pioneers and the up-and-comers who will be shaping the hits you'll be listening to for years. We have an amazing roster of talent this season. I promise you, you don't want to miss one single episode. Don't miss Songland, Monday nights at 10, 9 central, and join us here on Songland's podcast, available every week after the show on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.